Thank you so much for standing. You can find your seat. Thank you so much. And on your way down, touch your neighbor and tell them, go Niners or go Raiders, okay? They're both playing right now. I don't know which one we need to pray for more. The Raiders are struggling a little bit today. So Raiders versus Miami. And then I think Niners versus Kansas, all right? So uh, let's be in prayer for them. But man, we're glad that you are here. It's going to be an awesome day. Thank you so much for those that waited in a line uh, to get a bike. It's been a great event already just to see already all the smiling kids it's just awesome to be out there i love it seeing we got those small little 12 inch bikes see those little kids getting on it and everything you know the little ones that are about my size you know those little ones yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i knew you were thinking it you were thinking you saw those they were like that's pastor's bike right there that pink one yeah uh you can leave if that if you were thinking that i'm just kidding it's all good to have you so excited about today and uh, welcome if this is your first time we enjoy church around here we love the worship a little bit loud we love to welcome one another let them know how much we appreciate them we're excited to see them and we really love our neighborhood and I hope you feel that today I hope you sense that and uh, all the people that are volunteering today they are not on staff they're just giving up their weekend to come serve you and bless the community because they care so much about our neighborhood so that's where we're so excited to see you here well if this is your first time I kind of work through series have you ever noticed like some of the best movies they're kind of series so we kind of work in a series and we're ending a series entitled Hear no evil. That series ends today because what happens is we live in a noisy world, don't we? A world that's constantly uh, uh, calling for our attention. It seems like there's all kinds of distractions. So we're always hearing noise and much of the noise we hear is negative. Isn't that amazing? Uh, it's crazy because the noise that we hear, it's surrounding us and so much of it is not positive. There's negativity on the radio, negativity on TV, negativity at your work and in your neighborhood. It just seems like there's negativity and there's all this noise and it just seems like it's not getting quieter. Does anybody feel like it's just getting louder out there? Like it just seems like, man, it's just noise and constantly. And uh, I have three children. I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and I've got an 18-month-old who last night, every hour on the hour, he's teething. So he just kind of cries, wakes up, you go get him and everything. So it's just kind of like lots of noise right now. Uh, and before I have a, a really bad hearing problem, what I could do is I could sleep on my good ear and I didn't hear nothing. Like the baby cries, it's all good. I don't hear it, so I sleep through it. So when it breaks in my house, it's all good. I don't have anything valuable. I just sleep through it, you know. And so when it comes to hearing, and my wife, she didn't like it, so she went and sent me to the doctor. I had a little uh, operation done, and they kind of fixed my hearing a little bit, so I hear a little bit better. But my wife has incredible hearing, like incredible superhuman hearing. Uh, A couple of summers ago, she nudges me in the middle of the night, and uh, she says, Something's going on in the backyard, and I'm kind of groggling, like, what in the world? She's like, a raccoon is drinking out of the kid's pool. Now, stop for a second. The specificity of that statement blew my mind. I was like, how do you know there's a raccoon drinking out of the pool? Secondly, how do you hear a raccoon drinking out of our pool? And why do you think it's a raccoon, like the most odd creature in our backyard? And I didn't believe her. I was like, we have dual pane windows. We have a dual playing sliding glass door. I was like, this is supposed to keep sound out, you know? And so I go up and sure enough, there was a raccoon drinking out of my pool. And I just looked at her like she has superpowers. Like she is incredible. The funny thing is, sometimes I'd be like, in the middle of the night, hey baby, how you doing? And she just snores. 
I'm like, you can hear a raccoon drinking out of the pool, but you don't hear me right next to you. Yeah, never mind. It's just, maybe you don't have the problems I have. But it just seems like certain people hear noise differently. And I talk about a noisy home. But more than all the noise that goes on in my home, it's sometimes the noise that can go on in my head. I mean, all the negative thoughts. Here's what's crazy. I would never let somebody talk to me like I talk to me. I would never let somebody say the things that I say to me. I mean, I'll go down the road and I'll just, man, I'm an idiot. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that to my kids or I can't believe I gave that look to that person. Man, I'm so stupid. I'm a failure. What do people think of me? I mean, man, the song wasn't even over and you're walking up like you're a new worship leader. What's your problem, man? Like, come on, you know, these thoughts just go and they're not positive. They're all negative. Have you noticed that? It's not like you get up and you're like, wow, you're the best. You're awesome. I mean, people that do that, you know, it's like it doesn't really work. But the negative stuff affects us. The negative things we say about ourselves, that really does. So we've got this negative noise. But there are three voices that are constantly speaking. And we've been looking at them over the last several weeks. First of all, there is the voice of God. God, whether you believe in him or not, is trying to speak to you. It's one of the reasons why we do events like this where we will give away bicycles is because we want you to hear clearly from God. And some of us, that's our biggest problem, isn't it? We want to hear from God, but there's so much of a distraction. Our phones distract us. Our life distracts us. Our job distracts us. It just seems like there's all kinds of distractions. And one of the people that's constantly distracting us, his name is the devil. He is always out there to keep you from hearing God's voice. There's the voice of the devil. Now, God's voice will constantly speak life, but the devil will constantly speak lies. Like, that's just what he does. Anytime the devil is speaking, it's a lie. The Bible even says that he's the father of lies. That when we are never more like the devil than when we're lying. Because that's where all lies come from. He's the author of them. So uh, whenever he's speaking, whatever he's saying to you, it's a lie. So there's the voice of God. And I'm praying this morning that you will hear the voice of God. More than anything else, that's the voice I want you to hear. But there's a third voice. And it's the voice of self. Yourself. That's always talking. But yourself doesn't speak in life or lies. It speaks in labels. That's how we speak to ourselves. In Labels. You say, what do you mean labels? When we talk to somebody, say, hey, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm a fireman. I'm a policeman. What do we do? We give ourselves a label. I'm divorced. I'm bankrupt. I'm dumb. I mean, I don't know what your label is, but we kind of like to give ourselves labels. Not only do we give ourselves labels, we label other people. We label other people as, oh, they're stupid, incompetent. Oh, they're an addict. They have issues. They have their problems. They're divorced. So there's all these labels that not only do we put on ourselves, but that also we label other people with. So when it comes to these voices, we're constantly hearing. We're fighting to make sure we're not hearing from the voice of self, the voice of the devil. We're trying to hear the voice of God because God's voice is trying to speak life. Here's the greatest thing. The voice you listen to will determine the life you experience. It really will. So out of these three voices, which one's speaking loudest? My prayer is that the Lord would be loudest, that he'd be loud and clear. Some of you are saying, that's what I want too. I want to hear God's voice. Matthew 5 verse 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. We don't want God to be cloudy. We want him to be clear. So how do we get clear with God? It sometimes takes with removing some of the sin, removing some of the junk that's in our life. Uh, 
For me, sometimes it was just the fact that I needed an operation. There were some things blocking my eardrum, so that needed to be corrected. Once that was corrected, I could hear just fine. I don't know what's in your life that's keeping you from hearing the voice of God. But in the next few minutes, that's what we're going to talk about. How can you hear from him? Because some of you guys are still on the fence. Does God exist? But if he were to actually speak to you, I believe he would reveal himself to you. So this morning, let's dive in. And we're going to meet a character. His name is Simon. And in Luke chapter 5... We're going to meet Simon. Now, if you brought a copy of God's word, we're going to open to Luke 5. If you didn't, there's a Bible right in front of you. That's our gift to you. You can have that. That's free. We would love for you to take that copy of the word of God because we want you to have a copy of the Bible. So take that home today. That's your gift. And the copy of the word of God will be up on the screen. So let's look at Luke 5. Let's look at verse number 1. Here's what the Bible says. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And notice what Simon does. We're going to spend a lot of our time. Simon says, Master, Simon replied, We've worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. We've worked all night and didn't catch anything. I think you and I can both relate that there have been times we put a lot of effort, a lot of energy into something, and we come away empty. Where you put a lot of effort into a relationship. You put everything you had into that marriage. Everything you had into that, that relationship. And it still fell apart. I mean, you put everything you had into your teenager or into your son or your daughter. And man, you invest in that relationship. And it's still fractured. Or you put everything into that job and working with that boss. And you put all you had. You stayed late. You did extra projects. And you still got let go. The company still downsized. And it seems like you're looking back, you feel like, Simon, I worked all night and my boat is empty. And maybe you came in this morning and that's exactly how you feel. I've been putting in all this effort, all this energy, and I feel empty. I feel drained this morning. That's what Simon tells Jesus. He's saying, Jesus, I'm a fisherman and I don't know how to catch fish. I'm a fisherman. That's how I support myself. That's how I take care of my livelihood. But guess what? I didn't catch anything. And you're wanting me to go back out there? I mean, it's one thing to fail and get turned down. Once I went to college and uh, when I got there, man, I was all excited because I didn't really date in high school. I was just busy working a job. So I get to uh, college and I was like, oh man, there's a whole lot of pretty girls. So I'm going to go ask one out out, out for a date and everything. I walk up to the first one. I was like, hey, you want to go out on a date with me? And she said, no. And I said, are you sure about that? You know, I mean, like how desperate you got to be to say, are you sure about that? Like, like. See what you're missing out on? And she was like, I know. Uh, I didn't, I'm missing out on anything. I dodged a bullet. Thank you, somebody. That was very kind of you. And uh, so when it comes to uh, missing out, some of us, we're like, I don't want to ask another person out. Like, I just think dating got a whole lot easier. Just swipe left or right. I mean, it just seems a little bit too easy nowadays. All right? It just seems like that's cheating. Back in the day, you had to look at a human being. You couldn't Facebook stalk them, IG stalk them. You had to actually go up to them. And some of you, you you can go back. You remember being in this building and you asked a girl out. Or this is where you took the girl, was this building, to go roller skating. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And uh, uh, so you know what it's like. And now, most people don't have to go through that rejection face-to-face. You get the rejection digitally, so at least you can handle it, you know, and it's one of those, it's a little bit easier. But 
when it comes to Peter, he's saying, God, you want me to go again? You want me to try this again? And maybe that's what God's speaking to you. Hey, go back to that church again. Hey, open up your Bible again. Hey, go back to her again. Hey, go back to him again. Hey, go back to that job again. I want you to go again. We're not finished here. We're not done. And some of you feel like, no, 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 my self-talk is labeling me that I'm a failure. And that's what it does, doesn't it? It seems like we're really good at getting the labels, aren't we? I mean, come on, we're super good at putting labels that we'll just put ourselves down as we didn't get the job. So we label ourselves a failure. Uh, the relationship fell apart. So we just label ourselves as man, I'm divorced. And that just kind of, that's my label. Or we just label ourselves as man, I messed up at business. And so now I am bankrupt and now I, nobody will hire me. And we just give ourselves all kinds of, uh, uh, labels. You may label yourself. I'm an addict. I'll never get clean. I'll never get right. I'll never be this. Or you say I'm a failed Dad or mom, you fill it in. You, you just put the label. There's all kinds of labels, aren't there? And it seems like you and I can get inundated with all these labels. But here's what's so powerful. And I want you to see that first and foremost. Is that you may be feeling like you're limited by your label. And that may be how you're feeling this morning. And I don't know what your label is, but our self-talk is good at labeling us. It looks for the label. Have you ever felt like that? It's looking for the weak point. It's looking for the label. And so Peter, he's saying, God, I already tried this. I don't know if I want to do this again. And what happens with labels, labels tend to define us, don't they? Some of us are defined by these labels. Some of you will go to a bank trying to get a loan and they see this and that label now defines you, huh? Some of you, you try to go out on a date and this defines you, huh? Some of you, man, when you try to go and uh, start up another career, this seems to define you. And that's what happens to these labels, don't they? They define, but notice it goes a step further. Then they confine you. Have you noticed that? At first it defines you, but now it's confining. Now you feel trapped. Now you feel like I can't escape it. Now I just feel like this label follows me everywhere. And instead of letting the label define you and confine you, we need to get aligned with what God wants. And in this passage, we're going to see God say some things about Simon that changes everything about these labels. When it comes to the labels, you see, you're not defined by it. You're not defined by these. And you may have a list that could fill up this whiteboard, but I'm here here to tell you that God, he said, nope, you're not going to be defined by those. This is not what's going to label you. And this morning, I hope you hear that, that you're not labeled by this, but you're labeled by the fact that God chose you. You're chose, sin. I always get nervous up here with the whiteboard. My handwriting is really bad and everything. And I'm like, oh, please spell it right, you know. And if I don't spell anything right, it's Jane's fault. All right, my wife. And uh, so when it comes to things, we need to see what God says about us. And that's what we're going to see in this passage. You see, many of us have probably put in everything we had into something and we come up empty. You've been there. You put in everything you had. You still walked away feeling empty. You said, I put everything I had into that job, into that career, and, and it's not working. And it didn't work. So why should I keep trying? And that's what you feel like. You feel like it didn't work the first time. So God, why are you asking me to go do it again? If it failed the first time, I don't want to try this thing again. I've been through my series of failures, my series of mistakes where I'm just thinking, God, I think I'm done. I'm not sure I can go do this again. But those promptings, we follow and say, I'm going to go again. And some of you, you're stepping back. You're saying, you know what? I'm just worn out from being worn out. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of doing this. 
But I want you to see something that Peter does at the end of verse 5. Let's look at it again. So the first part of verse 5, Peter kind of says to Jesus, he says, Master, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But notice the second half. It says, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. You see, first of all, we're limited by our label. So we've got to look past our label. You've got to look past it. So Peter said, but. Now, in my line of work, I have to see a lot of buts. You say, what? Whoa, whoa, what kind of church is this? Like, oh my goodness, where am I? I knew it was weird. No, 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 no. We all have our butt. You say, what do you mean, we all have our butt? You have a butt, and it keeps you from things. Let me show you. You would go to the gym, but you're busy. You would go to church more, but your kids have soccer. Hey, you would eat healthier, but McDonald's is so tasty. Hey, you would read your Bible more, but you're too busy. We all have a butt. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm glad you brought your butt to church. I see your butt. I see it. Yep. Uh huh. You brought your butt to church. I'm glad you brought your butt to church. But too often, our butt is what's keeping us out of doing what God wants us to do. This message may go viral for all the wrong reasons. I don't know. We'll see. But when it comes to Peter, he wasn't going to let his butt get in the way. And some of you, your butt is in the way. It really is. All right? Now, don't take it further than metaphorical, okay? Keep it in the metaphorical, okay? I don't want you saying anything else about me. But we've got this but, and Peter wasn't going to let the but stop him. You could see he felt like saying it. Jesus is a carpenter. Peter's a fisherman. But he says, you know what? Even though this doesn't make sense, I'm still going to do it. So don't let the but get in the way. Don't let your butt stop you. And so if God is speaking to you right now, say, God, I know I got a hundred reasons why not to believe you. I got so many reasons not to follow you. But today I'm going to get rid of my butt. I'm done with my butt. My butt is not going to get in my way any longer. My butt's been holding me back and it's done. I'm not going to do that anymore. So I'm moving on. You see, Peter listened to Jesus. And notice what happens. Let's go back to verse number six, okay? So Peter doesn't let the butt stop him. Verse six says, and this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were full with fish and on the verge of sinking. Here's what's amazing. There is more when you listen to Jesus. Some of you feel like your life is empty. You came in empty. But when you listen to Jesus, notice that the voice that Peter listened to determined the life he experienced. So here he is, Simon. He's listening to God and God is filling up the void. He's filling the empty part. He's saying, hey, your boat is empty. But guess what? I'm about to feel it. You came into church empty and God's like, I'm about to fill it. I'm going to use the worship to fill it. I'm going to use somebody to give you a hug to fill it. I'm going to give somebody to talk to you about your butt to fill it. I mean, it's going to get full today and we're going to make sure that you don't leave this place empty, but you leave full. See, Peter, he had an emptiness that only Jesus Jesus could fill. And some of you've worked so hard. You put everything in. You're like, man, I'm not getting anything. And God's like, no, I'm here and I'm going to fill it. You see, there's more when you listen to Jesus. You see, when you've done all you can do, Jesus can still do more. And that's where some of you are at. You've done all you can do in the relationship, but Jesus can do more. You've done all you can do with the kids, but Jesus can do more. You've done all you can do with the job, but guess what? Jesus can do more. Here's what's crazy. Some of you feel like the fact that your life is empty is a bad thing. I mean, anybody drove by Osh recently?
starting to empty out. And if you've gone to the mall, seems like the mall's starting to empty out, all these stores closing down. You're like, yep, Amazon killed you, killed you, killed you. You're about to go. And, then, you know, you just kind of go through. Uh, that's how what Amazon's doing. They're going to take over the world, you know? And uh, so we see all these stores, but then they got this sign on Osh. It says, everything must go. It's interesting, isn't it? You see, you got to get out the old so God can put in the new. Here's what I'm getting at. Some of you had so much junk in your life, God couldn't put anything in there. You see, if he had caught some fish, guess what? He never would have seen the blessing that he saw. Some of you feel like, man, God, you took her out of my life. You took him out of my life. You took that job out of my life. And God's like, because I'm going to do something so much bigger. If I would have left that, that's all you would have had. That's it. But I've got something bigger. I've got something better. We used to play a game is called bigger and better. And so what you would do is you would start with a paper clip and you'd keep trading. You'd go knock on somebody's house. You say, hey, will you give me something better than a paper clip? We played that game with the youth group. They came back with a couch. They started with a paper clip. The next thing they got was a can of dog food. The thing that they got after that was a basketball. They kept trading up, trading up. Finally, they came in with a whole couch. The other team came in with a PlayStation. They both ended up with a, started with a paper clip, but they ended up with something totally better. I've heard of youth groups doing it and they come back with a car. Like, it's just amazing. So you are saying, God, I don't have much. And God's like, that's all I want. I want the empty place in your life because I'll fill it. So if you've got an empty place, don't try to fill it the way you've always tried. You see, Peter tried. Do you see in the text? I worked all night. Some of you have put in those long night hours. But notice what Jesus did to get their boat full. He said, we got to leave the crowd. Let's go out further into the deep. And some of you, that's what scares you. You don't want to go further out. You don't want to leave the shore. You don't want to leave your comfort. You don't want to leave your safety. But it's time to say, you know what? Let's go out a little bit deeper. Let's get where it's a little bit uncomfortable. And let's go see what Jesus will do. And he'll fill your life. Some of the people that are volunteering today have never volunteered before. They're out of their comfort zone. But look at the smile on their face. They're so excited. They're helping, they're serving, they're seeing lives transformed. Why? Because they're out of their comfort zone. And God's filling some of the empty places. You see, God cannot fill what's already full. He can't. So you've got to make room. So touch your neighbor and say, everything must go. Everything must go. Why? Because God's going to put new stuff in. But he's got to get rid of the old because God's not trying to upgrade you. He's not just trying to uh, to just kind of do a little self-improvement. He doesn't want to just make the old a little bit better. No, he wants to make the old new. And how he does that is by improving. Not just improving, but transforming. So we got to look past the label. Got to look past it. Some of us, we're not looking past that label. We've got to see that God has so much more. So here, when it came to Simon, Simon first, he was felt limited by his label. Man, I'm a fisherman and I can't even fish. And Jesus is teaching. And notice, Jesus is teaching, but Peter's just off on the side washing his net. He doesn't want anybody to see that, guess what? I didn't catch any fish. I don't want anybody to come back and they got their fishing boats and they got all these fish that they're selling. He's mad. He's embarrassed. He's frustrated. He didn't catch any fish. So he's trying to hide it. Sometimes we try to hide our butt, don't we? We try to hide it. Yeah, we we try to do whatever we can to cover it up. We don't want anybody to know about it. And so we go around and we try to cover these things up. And Peter was at a distance and God said, no, no, I need to get in your boat. I want to get up in your life. I want to fill these areas of your life. And once you do that, God says, I can fill this. But then, here's what's so crazy about this story, and it blows my mind. As I read this, I'm thinking, this is crazy. Peter's boat is full, and then his partner's boat is full. And notice what they do. Verse number 10, would you look at it? 
His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. What did Jesus just do? He said to Simon, I'm giving you a new label. You're no longer a fisherman. You're going to fish for people. You're going to, and, and what's crazy about fishing, when you go fishing, you catch the fish and they die. But when you catch for people, they say, no, no, I want you to bring them to life because they are already dead and they don't know they're dead, but you need to catch them and bring them to life. And some of you don't know that that's what you're called to do. And God is saying, hey, we want to bring dead things to life. That's what he wants to do. God wants to say that dead area in your life, I want to see that grow again. I want to see that flourish again. Some of you are so comfortable with bitterness, you're more comfortable with bitterness than you are with joy, so you won't let your bitterness go. Some of you are so comfortable with your anger, you won't let the anger go, and you just consider it an old friend that's reliable, that's there, and you need to let it go so God can bring newness to your life, so God can bring peace and joy into your life. But as long as you hold on to the bitterness, the anger, the jealousy, the greed, God says, I can't do anything with that. So Peter, here he is, Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a new label where you saw failure, where because you didn't catch fish, you could be bankrupt, where you thought that, man, my life is falling apart. God's like, no, 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 you're chosen. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a plan for you. And so what did Peter do? He left it all. Did you see it in verse number 11? They left everything. Here's what's crazy. He had the biggest catch of his life. I mean, these are the catches you brag about. I mean, this is the catch where, man, they put you, they give you your own TV channel. They give you your own station where they're like, hey, you're going to be a fisherman. We're going to tell everybody about it. This is going to be great. This is going to be huge. You're going to get sponsors and all that. And it's going to be, people are going to be sending you free fishing equipment and new boats and all that kind of stuff. And you got it made, Peter. But what does Peter do? He walks away from it all. And this is what kept some of you out of church because you feel like this is what you hear every time you come to church. Just leave it all. When the offering basket comes along, just leave it all. Like everything, just empty out your wallets, put your kid in there, you know. Wait, some of you would do that. Never mind, don't put your kid in there. You'd be like, yes, yes, I can always make more. It's okay. And uh, so when it comes to uh, putting in all, you think that's what the church wants. But you missed it. You missed it. It wasn't that Peter felt like he was losing his life. It was for the first time he was actually getting a picture of what his life actually could be. You see, some of you, you're what I might call a down and out. Life's just not that great. You just feel empty. But some of you, you're an up and out. You actually have everything, but you still feel like you're missing stuff. And that's where Peter found himself. Peter finds himself where he's like, wait a minute. My boat is full, but my life is empty. My boat is full. But my life is empty. Some of you are here today and you feel like the marriage is good, it's good, the job's good, my life's good, health's good. What do I need God for? Because of that emptiness. Because there's that part where you're saying, hey, it's still empty. And Peter, he sees the boat, and you can imagine he's looking at it full of fish. I mean, both boats almost sank out there, and they almost lost everything. And Jesus says to Peter, come follow me, and I'm going to make you a fisher of men, not just a fish. And at that moment, Peter has a decision to make. Which voice is he going to listen to? The voice of self that says, you can get a new label, Peter. The new label, greatest fisherman ever, ever best fisherman. You can open up a school to teach people how to fish. You don't have to do this. Hey, you could charter more boats. Peter, look at all this money. You could build yourself a bigger house. Chair, uh, you could get yourself that new chariot you've been wanting. You know, with the one with the spinning rims. I mean, you could get that. Come on, Peter, just take the fish. And some of you feel like that. 
And some of you have taken the fish. And it doesn't taste very good. You're just like, oh, I thought this would be it. I thought once I got to be CEO, once I got to be manager, once I got to make six figures, once I got the 401k, once I got the kids into college, once I got them out of college, once I got them married, once I got all this stuff, once I, once I got that waistline, and once I got that body, and once I got all these things, I thought I would, ah, I thought I'd feel so good, but it's empty. Your boat is full, but your life is empty. And so Jesus steps into the situation and says, Peter, you can do this the same way you've always done it. What you do not realize is Jesus had called Peter to follow him, not just once, not just twice. This is the third time in the scripture where you see Jesus coming specifically to Peter and saying, hey, follow me. And this is the time that Peter says, I'm leaving everything. And some of us, we feel like that's crazy, Peter. But here's what you may not realize is the fact that Peter loved the giver more than the gift. Some of us like the gift more than the giver. You ever given somebody a Christmas gift on Christmas and man, you were all excited. You planned it. You got it wrapped and man, you brought it to them and they get it and they love it and they just run out with it and do whatever. And you're like, wait a minute. Where's my hug? Where's my kiss? Hey, hey, I, okay. It's just me in here now. They're gone. God gives us health. God gives us blessing. God gives us things. God gives us children. God gives us a job. God gives us a roof over our head. And what do we do? We focus on the gift and we misuse the giver. We just want more gifts not more of the giver. Peter said, I can stick with these fish, but that's all I'm going to have. Or I can go with the one who can get me more of this. Do you get it? I can go with the one. He can do this anytime he wants to. I'm going with him. You see, some of you, you're like, no, scarcity mentality. Let me take all mine and this is it. That's it. And I'll live off the past. But Peter said, if he did it once, he can do it again. I'm going with him. Today, we do events like this because we want you to choose the voice of God above all others. We know there's a lot of voices you could listen to. We know that the devil is trying to lie to you, to tell you your life is worthless, used up, you don't matter. And we know that, and so we want you to hear the voice of God. We don't want you to see all these labels. We want you to know that God is speaking. And we don't want anything to get in your way. So this morning, I want to call you, I want to challenge you to listen like Peter to the voice of Jesus as it's calling. And maybe that voice has spoken to you before like it did to Peter, but you've never responded. And my prayer today that you will respond to that voice. My prayer is today that you will say, hey, I'm going to leave my emptiness and I'm going to go follow the one who can fill it. I'm going to follow the one who can truly satisfy. I'm going to follow the one who can make all things new. You see, this morning Jesus is saying to you, I want you to follow me. I want you with your empty boat. I want you with your broken life. I want you with your empty house, with the marriage that seems empty, with the relationships that seem empty, the job that seems empty. I want all the emptiness and I can fill it. But Jesus said, will you just follow me this morning? Will you choose me? You see, the God who creates everything and needs nothing from you is calling you. Do you get that? The God who creates everything and needs nothing is calling to you this morning. And his voice is clear. And he's saying, it's time to choose me. He's saying, it's time to follow me. He's saying, are you done with your old way? Are you ready to follow me? Peter left everything. And I'm going to challenge you this morning where you say, you know what? I've tried to fill it and I'm done trying to fill it. And now I want to follow Jesus. I want to know him. I want to know his will. I want to know what he has for my life. So today I'm following him. So today I'm making him the Lord of my life. You see, God can take your emptiness and bring it to overflowing. 
And some of you are saying that you will follow Jesus. And maybe you're saying, I'll follow Jesus, pastor. Once I get my life kind of cleaned up, you know, let me get my stuff together. Let me, you know, let me take this Bible and I'll get back to you. Christmas is, you know, a couple months away. I'll be back. Easter's a little bit longer. I'll be back. Something goes bad, but let me get myself cleaned up. I'm real messy right now. You know what's so crazy about that statement? If you were deathly ill, you wouldn't say, oh, no, I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm going to wait till I feel better and then I'll go to the doctor. No, you'd be dead, not better. But when it comes to God, we're like, oh, I need to clean myself up. No. God takes you like you are, but he doesn't leave you like you are. Amen? He says, I'll take that life. I'll clean that up. But don't try to get it all cleaned up on your own. God's saying, hey, no, I will take care of all the labels. I'm not, God's not scared of your labels. Your labels don't scare him. He just wants you. And so this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him and to ask him into your heart, to make him the Lord of your life. And it's what we call a gospel presentation where Jesus can whisper into your life, whisper that he loves you, whisper that he cares about you. And some of you are hearing this invitation for the very first time. And you feel that the Holy Spirit is drawing you. He's tugging at your heart. You know you need to respond. You know you're hearing the voice of God. And some of you, this is the first time. But I've been at this long enough to know that for some of you, this will be the last time you get to hear this invitation. We think, well, God will always be there. I wouldn't bet on it. I would say, you know what? If he's speaking, I want to answer. So can we all stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Because I believe that some of you right now, you know you need to make a decision. You know right now, I need to choose God. I've, I've played around with this enough. I'm choosing him. I know what God wants from me. I hear his voice. He's speaking right now. I need to receive him. What they have, I want. What Peter chose, I want to choose. So today, I choose to follow that. And so what I want to do today is I want to have us pray and I want us to invite Jesus into our hearts. And if you've never done that, I want to give you an opportunity to. And if you say, yes, I know I'm a sinner and I know my life is empty and I need Jesus who died on the cross for my salvation. I want that with nobody looking around, with every head bowed. I want to give you a moment of privacy. You say today, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. Is that you? Would you slip up your hand so I can pray for you? Is that you? Anybody like that? I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. That hand hands up all over the room here's what i want to do i want us for the sake of those who are coming to jesus for the first time and those who are coming back to god in a long time i want to corporately pray a prayer and if we can all pray it together out loud if you will simply repeat after me and it's not the words it's the heart but let's pray this prayer together i'll lead us and i'll pray out loud and you repeat after me dear god thank you for showing me that for too long i've listened to the wrong voice the wrong voice has led me farther from you. For too long, my life has been empty. And I've tried to fill the gap that only you can fill. Please forgive me of my sin. Clean my heart. I accept you now as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you slip up your hand? Can we celebrate with you? Did you pray that prayer? Let's celebrate with those. They gave their life to Jesus. Amen. That's what it's all about. We want to see you go from death to life, to go from dead things to newness, to see that you are chosen, that you are loved, that God cares about you. And on the card on your seat, on the back of it, it says, today I received Christ. Would you check that box? And if you want to take that next step and get baptized, we want to see you get baptized. Check that box. 
Because that's what today is all about. We want to see people's lives restored. We want to see emptiness filled because we don't want the bitterness, the jealousy, the anger anymore. We want life and joy and peace. That's what we want. So right now, let's sing and let's celebrate the goodness of God together.